Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 35 minutes after 10 and uh, we gave you some great music. We had uh, Lady Marmalade by LaBelle and uh, Sonic gave you Feel So Good. Unfortunately, we are not able to get hold of Oma Ramaru, uh, who's the media liaison officer at uh, the Consumer Goods and Service Ombuds. And uh, and uh, hopefully she'll be able to join us some other time to talk about, you know, expired goods and uh, goods with defects and what our rights are as consumers. However, we have graciously received um, the executive director for Neptosa, Basil Manuel, who's going to be joining us. And we are going to be looking at the fact that in Gauteng specifically and the Northern Cape, it seems like there's still a high number of students who are still not back at school in the tune of about 40,000 children uh, in Gauteng and uh, who have not gone back to school. And I'd like to find out if you as an A-teamer know of any kids or you have kids who have not gone back to school since uh, the reopening of the schools and how this is affecting the children, how this is affecting caregivers who are not able to you know, go to work or look for work because they are now looking after their churn. The number to dial is 011-714-2006 or on 011-714-4045. You can WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Basil, thank you very much for joining us this evening. How are you? Patricia, absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back with you again. Thank I'm good, thank you. Hope hope you too are well. I am good, and I'm I'm very gracious, uh, grateful that uh, you have joined us this evening. Um, now, Basil, as we are talking, um, you know, we've always uh, since the lockdown um, had interactions around the education system, its readiness for uh, schools reopening. Schools have reopened. Uh, it's midterm break for most schools uh, right now, but the next term starts officially next week. Week, the last term, which is the fourth term. But still, a lot of children are still not back at school. Others are not even doing homeschooling, specifically in Gauteng and in the Northern Cape. Can we talk about this particular um, uh, issue? Patricia, let me just add a little more. Over and above the Northern Cape and Gauteng, which we've referenced because the MECs had uh, press conferences, all the provinces have a similar issue where between 10 and uh, now it's about 15% of our kids haven't returned. And for a variety of reasons. What we have asked as Naptoza is that we mine a little deeper to find out what categories of children are not back at school. Are these uh, the higher grades, like grade 10, 11, and 12? Because if it's those kids, then that means that these children have actually dropped out. If it's children in the lower grades, and I'm told, and and the MEC in Gauteng in particular did speak about the large number of grade ones that hadn't returned, those children will come back to school. And of course, we need to find out why they, they haven't come back now. Is it because parents are homeschooling? Is it because parents are afraid and they've kept kids at home? Or are there other issues, economic issues and so on? Because remember, we have a large commuter population when it comes to schooling. Thousands of children travel every day. So there's a variety of reasons. We don't know all the reasons, but it is very frightening. Patricia, one of the biggest issues to us is the higher grades at the moment, because 
we are worried that those kids will not return at all, which of course swells the number of children that are, are neither fully educated or, or trained and of course are not economically going to be competitive uh, in this highly competitive uh, market now. And those are serious concerns of ours. Serious concerns indeed, uh, 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 Basil, you know, and when we are taking a look at these particular concerns, I mean, how do we then ensure that we we give a, a proper understanding to parents, educators and the children around what should be done so that the basic education system can absorb these children once again into the system? There are some positives. One of the positives is that all the now have spoken broadly uh, to the public about this, have indicated that if you've kept your child home, you need to come back now and ensure that there's place for the child for next year, and the place would be guaranteed, even if the child is going to repeat the year. Now, that's extremely positive, because we, we know how fears uh, resulted in people doing certain things. But we, on, as, as Daptos, on the other hand, we've been speaking to our schools, our principals in particular, and management teams to say, let's change our modalities. You know, there was a time when we followed up when children were not at school. How have you been following up? Today, it ought to be much easier in terms of WhatsApps, etc., so that parents know that you are concerned, and also so that we shake some parents up. Because let's not just think that people are fearful. Some of them are just not caring. And we need to shake them up too and say, man, the best place for your child is in school. Because being out of school is a habit. When some people wanted to shut schools for the year, you'd remember we always advocated the reopening of schools. Because this was one of the things we feared, that being out of school becomes a habit. And... uh, The only way we break that habit is by bringing the kids back. Now, it's an enormous task, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is the department, it is the schools, and it's the individual parents and the media who need to assist us in bringing this message home. Bring our children back to school, not only for your own sake, but for the sake of our children especially. Now, for the parents who have just blatantly uh, refused to take their children back to school for whatever reasons, um, can they be taken to task by community members who observe this or by educators who are aware of children who have not gone back to school or are also not even in the homeschooling system? Absolutely, Patricia. Remember that it's a legal obligation to send your child to school in South Africa. Uh, Compulsory school going age is up to the age of 15 or grade 9, whichever comes first. And so if the children are below that, it is compulsory that they are in some form of schooling. Now, I know that we've had a very strange year, a very disrupted year, and nobody could have foreseen this. And so even that... uh, our our political leaders in the form of the MECs and the minister have had a slightly more relaxed approach to it but they have been consistent in saying but don't forget the children have to come back they've accommodated the fears of people but now the fears cannot result in children just not getting an education and that is why we are saying be careful the, 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 the sword can fall and you will get caught up in, in, in that pinch when it does happen because your child must be in school for your child's sake.
for your child's sake, most definitely. Now, if a parent is listening right now and says, oh, my goodness, I've really, um, you know, allowed fear of COVID-19 to make me keep my child at home. It's time for me to release my child now back into uh, the schooling system. Is it too late for a child like that to go back in the fourth term, which is also the final term for this uh, 2020 academic year? Patricia, in my book, it's never too late. I'm taking a a, a leaf out of what the Western Cape said now the other day because they also had a press conference. And there the MEC was inviting the parents to bring their children back even in the fourth term. And I think it's the right thing to do. We know that they've lost more. We know that they will have difficulties with the assessments that are going to come up. But at least they get back into the pattern of things. And who knows? They may still stand a chance. Some of these kids are really bright. And uh, we have many, many bright kids who, and it's the brightest kids who get up to the most nonsense. You must remember that the kid who is the brightest can't get up to the nonsense. It is the bright kids. And that's why we need them back in school. They are the future. So, yes, it is not too late. Mm. I want to encourage every parent, irrespective of the fact that you've suddenly woken up and said, okay, so COVID is with us. We're managing it. We can manage it, and we can manage our children's health. And uh, why was I panicking? We all panicked. We all were there. Now it's time to look and say, look, we've had this. Now we can see that this works. Let's send our kids back to school. It is extremely important to do the right thing now. Now, Basil, in terms of the statistics, are there any statistics uh, that um, have been released to yourselves as unions um, or even to schools on COVID cases and uh, the children or the educators since the schools have reopened? Yes, yes. Uh, Patricia, just uh, two weeks ago, NAPTOSA had its annual council meeting, which is what we have in between congresses. And uh, the Minister of Basic Education addressed uh, council, and she mentioned that uh, there have been 340, and I'm not giving the exact figure, but let's call it between 340 and 350 uh, positive cases that we've had uh, since uh, the reopening of children. Of children, she gave a further breakdown. Of course, teachers were, ma- were many more because uh, of the adults, and then of course we've had two or three major outbreaks. We remember the one in the, uh, the Eastern Cape where a whole school of children almost uh, fell ill. However, given that the incident rate in the country decreased at a time, it is automatic that it would happen in schools because schools are part of the broader society. We, we are a little microcosm of that society. So, but also, if we see a change in that uh, trend, We'll see a change in the trend at schools. And heaven forbid that it should be happening now. We are very worried about our matriculants. We don't want a matriculant falling ill. We don't want a matriculant infecting other matriculants. Because remember, there's no other chance to write matric except in June the next time. So we don't want our young adults doing silly things and going to tin roof and all this type of thing and creating havoc. Uh, they've got to look after their health too. So there is major pressure on everybody to remain healthy. But I want to assure parents that our schools have managed this remarkably. Yes, we had to apply a lot of pressure on the department to come to the party, but they have. Mm. And we can see that with those measures in place, things have really calmed down.
We are talking to Basil Manuel, who's the executive director for Niptosa. And we are looking at the fact that, uh, you know, thousands of children have not gone back into the schooling system. South Africans, let's do better. We are getting educated around, uh, you know, how schools are managing the COVID-19. Children need to go back to school. And as Basil mentioned, that parents can be taken to task if your child is in the school going age, and uh, that is anything below 15, and they are not at school. So we can actually report you. The number to dial if you're a parent or an educator and feel concerned around uh, this particular issue, you can uh, call us on 011-7142. 206 011 You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 or even SMS 41391. We've got Ngonde on the line. Good evening, Honorable Ngonde. Good evening, Ngonde. Yes, Ngulek. How are you doing, my darling? I'm excellent, thank you. It's been a bit of a while mm-hmm. since I last spoke to you. How are I you know, doing? I know, I know, I know, I know. Let me take you out of your misery, you and your guest. Okay. Um, Code 19 should not be blamed at all. You know, I'll tell you what, Patricia. We've got state Africans on the race in it. We've got Naptosa. And we've got Sakto. It is no wonder for me that it is Naptosa that is on the line. Because at the core, of their code of ethics, right? The child is at the center. So I'm not surprised that Naptosa cares a lot about the children because they are at the center, right, mm. of their code of ethics. Now, Patricia, the core of the culture of learning and teaching, right, is the teacher, right? Remember, it is the teacher that spends most of the time because the parent you and I, right? Um, what is called in local parentis, uh, that is the common law. That means parents are at the center. Patricia, if the teacher being at the core of learning and teaching does not teach, right? In other words, um, he's not always present at school, right? Conduct teaching, right? He's not disciplined. I would mean that making sure that the child does the homework every day, right? Now, that is the culture, right? That, that, that was cited there. The culture of learning and teaching. Now, you will find, Patricia, that regrettably, not unexpectedly, that most of the children that are not at school are from um, 1, 2, and 3. That is the quintiles 1, 2, and 3. Quintiles 4 and 5, I won't be surprised that um, the absentee rate there is very low. I would mean. Mm. So, if the teacher Patricia cares about the children, that is, love teaching and love the children. In other words, Patricia, when the teacher is there, right, he should have all the modalities of teaching, right? In other words, he should not just be standing in front as if he's pushing a sermon, right? Mm. Like in church, mm. right? In other words, he should know the the children learn according to their learning styles. Unfortunately, most teachers don't know pedagogy. So this will be Greek to them, except in the quintiles 4 and 5. This is not Greek to them at all. It's common. So Patricia, Code 19 should not be blamed at all because a research long time ago, 
more than 10 years ago, would inform you that 52% or more of the children don't even get to metric. Mm. Uh, with me. I'm so, with you. Unfortunately, I need to um, uh, thank you because now I need to go to a break. And then we'll allow so, Basil to also uh, comment. It was yeah. lovely hearing from you again, Nwande. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are talking uh, to Basil Mannion, who is uh, the executive director for Naptosa, and we're looking at the fact that uh, thousands of school children have not gone back into the education system since the reopening of schools due to the COVID-19 lockdown. And uh, we had a comment from Ngonde before the break. Basil, I'd like you to just comment. Ngonde made mention quite a lot of uh, critical um, issues here. And I think, you know, it would be lovely to hear from you. And it was good to hear that you are being hailed as Neptosa for having, you know, the children at heart and that being the foremost of your work at Neptosa. Yes, Patricia, and, and thank you for that. Patricia, there were a couple of important points. Let me start at the end. Uh, but also not wanting to mix up certain things. Um, the caller was actually very correct to say that over and above COVID-19, uh, the dropout rate between grade 1 and grade 12 is pretty enormous, and we've complained about this over many years, and research has been done. And he's absolutely correct. Approximately 30% of our children evaporate between those two grades, uh, between grade 1 and grade 12, that is. So... Children that have started 12 years ago, you would expect that the 1.1 million who started will complete, but 700,000 end up completing. So that is a fact. However, why I'm saying we mustn't mix up issues is that we are talking about the children who are in school at the moment, who simply just haven't returned, were there in March and simply haven't returned. This is over and above that 30% uh, to which he makes reference. But he makes an important point, too, and I want to latch on to that about uh, the quintiles and quintile one, two, and three probably having more children who haven't returned. And it has uh, nothing to do with the quality of teaching. It has to do with poverty. Remember that those are also your poorest schools. And uh, it is true that children from wealthier homes, from wealthier areas, will more more likely uh, continue going to school because of resourcing. And the children from your poorer areas are more likely to drop out for a variety of reasons, economic being one of those very important ones. And we mustn't underscore the the, the real importance of supporting children uh, from uh, areas where there are there is economic strife, either through uh, the feeding schemes, through through the uh, enhanced uh, uh, payments for for grants and so on. Those things make a huge difference uh, in the lives of children whose families have nothing, and there are millions of children who are in such dire uh, situations. So it is not a simple issue of just. Um, the quality of the school, etc. It goes deeper and deeper. And, of course, I'm saying uh, many of our teachers are doing wonderful things, trying to assist, trying to bring back those children. And we have asked our teachers to take it upon themselves to try and find out what is going on. So uh, I want to pay tribute to those people and those schools. But 
we are also fighting against a huge task. Here is real. It doesn't matter what informs it. And of course, we know how we all were gripped by fear, and some people still are. And safety and fear must go together. And this is what we're encouraging. So yes, many good points made, and thanks for the compliment as well. Now, Basil, I want to take you somewhere before we go to a voice note. I want to ask, with this non-attendance in some of these schools, we are aware that um, this will go hand in glove with no payment of school fees in the schools that are school fees paying schools, right? Um, and, And some educators in these schools are paid from school fees collected, especially those who are appointed Uh by the school governing body. How has this affected educators? The fact that over 40,000 students are not back at school, and that means school fees is also not paid. Uh, That's a very important point, Patricia. Uh, If I could just break it up into two or three parts. At first, uh, there are many schools where fees just haven't come in, irrespective of whether the children have come back or not because of economics, once again, people have lost their jobs. Then, of course, if children are not back at school, they're definitely not paying fees. However, you may have heard uh, of, uh, well, today, too, uh, the minister making reference to the $7 billion that has been allocated to education for short-term relief, uh, the employment of cleaning staff and teacher assistants, and, of course, also to assist schools that are employers, Because remember, we can't look at them as schools. We've got to look at them as employers to assist them in terms of being able to continue employing uh, not only the teachers, but thousands. There are many, many more general workers employed by governing bodies. And that was announced uh, now the other day already, but reinforced today. Uh, And those measures are important. We've been in support of those measures, and we've actually called for it. But it is a major thing. We've seen the loss of at least 20,000 teachers in the system that were governing body paid in private schools and in in, uh, state schools with governing body paid teachers where schools just couldn't pay. And Sorry, I said 20,000 teachers. I mean 20,000 posts. That's teachers and non-teaching staff. Now, Basil, let's go to a voice note before you and I close off. Okay. Hi, good evening, Patricia. My name is Leon, and I'm from Holbeck, Cape Town. Thank you for uh, such a nice subject, and it's actually close to my heart. Is I'm a self-proclaimed NGO in Cape Town, especially the Holbeck area. The concern, the concerns I'm having, one, safety at schools, two, management of the learner, three, your school leavers, how do you manage them from person to person? Basil, three questions for you there from our A-teamer. First of all, school violence is there. And uh, the previous caller called in, spoke about the dropouts and uh, the the people who evaporate between grade 1 and grade 12. School violence is one of those contributors. And, of course, especially in the Cape, uh, as one of uh, the the flashpoints, not only there, but most 
urban areas see this. This tends to happen, that children are encouraged to leave, to join little gangs and so on, and of course become a major problem. Others are fearful. So, yes, there's that. But when it comes to the other questions around safety at schools in terms of COVID-19, I think that the system has now proven itself, that it can be managed. We are still extremely vigilant in that we are watching the department. We don't want any provincial department slackening when it comes to the support systems of the supply of, of cleaning materials and the supply of masks and things like that. And before we start the new year, we'll go through this whole same saga again, because I know that some people will want to take shortcuts. So we are saying, yes, there are issues. And some parents were well worried about issues like safety, etc. But the question remains, where is the child safer? In the street or in the school? Mm. My contention is, in the school always. Basil, on that note, and it's a powerful note, I'd like to thank you for your time and also for encouraging, um, you know, parents to make sure that their children go back into the schooling system as soon as possible. Have a great evening and more strength to Neptosis Bo. Thank you, Patricia. You look after yourself. Good night. Let's uh, head on uh, to the sultry, beautiful voice of Zalek Atkotasha. Good evening, Zalek.